Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Good to be with you guys this morning on the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison Gilming. I'm the Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest in Huntersville. I'm sitting down today with Mike Moses, lead pastor, Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Great to be with you all. I am lifted up this morning because we had elders meeting of the family of churches last night. It went a little late because we had not just only Terrell Huntley, our church planter of U City Lake Forest, launching in January, but his inner core leadership team that he calls the champions mm. and they all came up in our elder meeting yeah. and we just sort of impromptu we didn't know their leadership team was meeting downstairs Terrell was going to come up and give us a report we invited the team up and we just had this impromptu sit around the table hear stories how God's moving in lives in their launch team and adding people to their number mm. and we just gathered around and prayed over them all so I'm sitting here super encouraged this morning Harrison that's how I'm doing Today's podcast subject is a direct follow-up of Sunday's sermon on marital conflict, principles for resolving marital conflict in the New Testament. And today, as promised in the sermon, I want to give you two cheat codes. You may feel a bit uh, like, I don't know how fast we can get better in the moment of conflict. Well, then this is for you because I'm going to give you two cheat codes at times outside of marital conflict, how you can do things that guaranteed will make the time in conflict better, even if you haven't worked on how to do conflict. So we're going to get to that. When your kids were growing up, Mike, were they into video games? Uh, Yes. Um, I was was the same way, and I remember – like the original, the original Mario, right? The one that came in the yeah. NES, the little gray <laughs> box where you had uh-huh. the cartridge blowing it when the game doesn't work, the whole deal. There was a thing on that game where after like the second level, you could jump up over the level, run all the way to the end. And there were like things that could take you all the way to the end of the game. And it was like when you discovered that this was like pre-internet yeah. too. I'm not, you can't get on YouTube and be like how to cheat code Mario. And you figure that out and you're like. Man, I'm living right right now. It feels good. It's a good feeling, and I want to give you that good feeling. I believe so strongly in these two cheat codes. I think you can get that that uh, experience, actually, in your marriage out of these two things, but you have to do them. Excellent. Well, before we get there, we just wanted to take a few minutes and let you know uh, a couple things that are coming up for you guys, our Lake Forest Huntersville family and friends. Uh, first off, we, we get to do something really, really cool this Sunday. This happens a handful of times a year. Um, and different churches do this in different ways. This is our way of, of, uh, of doing baptisms where we, uh, we, we, we have baptism and our ministry partners joining this Sunday. And it's such a fun celebration day. Mike, you and I were just talking. I said, it's kind of like you get your football team out there from from Monday to Saturday, and they're practicing. They're going over the playbook, and you're like, "How good are we doing?" You show up on the field, and you find out, man. For us, ministry partner baptism day is the day where we go, man. Look how good we're doing. This yeah. is like the this is the fruit. This is the result of all the stuff that we do church wide. All of our ministries coming together to say, man, look at people moving forward. Everything our ministry partners do, setting a work, welcoming environment. Those who, uh, the women or men or couples who lead small group Bible studies, who love on other people, the people who pray for others, the fruit, the most visible fruit is uh, baptisms and new ministry partner Sundays 
Um, so yes, I'll be I'll be happy, happy, happy. Michael be like Cam Newton in the end zone. <laughs> I'm back. You know what? I won't be. I told <laughs> Angie uh, missed that first touchdown, and I was like, baby. It was so good. Cam scored the first time he touched the ball, <laughs> awesome. and he yelled, I'm back, and she was so happy. She went and looked at the video, like, immediately. Yeah. She's like, mm, it was kind of like an angry, in-your-face-I'm-back, not a celebratory, joyful. I want Hopefully next week he'll be almost all joyful, yeah. Cam. Mike will, Mike will be all joy. We'll all be all joy. Uh, so that is happening this Sunday, so it's a, a, a great opportunity to uh, – just come be with us uh, if you can be with us here in the room. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. And it'll be Thanksgiving themed message because of the time of year, and yeah. and that's a, a one of the, actually the primary repeti- repetitive principles of the spiritual life in in the New Testament letters. So that will be appropriate as well. And then kind of our next thing, uh, well, and then and then the next Sunday after Thanksgiving, I will. Uh, attempt an inhu- the inhuman feat of teaching the whole book of Revelation you in a sermon, it. but then the then we start we kick off Christmas at Lake Forest with the uh, the tree lighting on Wednesday night December first. That's right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We've talked about it on here before, but it's getting close, so we figured that we would mention it again. Uh, last year, especially well, last year was extra extra cool, honestly, it because was. we were. We were in the middle of way more in the middle of uh, COVID lockdown. We, we haven't, yeah. we hadn't been doing stuff out in our community, and mm-hmm. a chance to get together outside with our yeah. church family. A, a whole bunch of people came and kids, and it was it, it was, was awesome. a bit cathartic for people. Yeah. It felt like this year. What we've just added is. Uh, uh, a number of our grade schoolers during the second worship service right now are practicing to bring uh, kind of some Christmas worship dance to this uh, celebration before we watch the Christmas movie and light the tree. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a party. And then the other thing, uh, one week exactly after that, the next uh, Wednesday night uh, is our blue Christmas service. And, you know, it, it may not be for you. Um, it's, it's a service that it, we feel like, and we've heard from folks who've attended does, uh, a really neat job of, of helping people, um, helping people get through this holiday season when they're in a a place of grief for a lot of people, this is the hardest time of year. If there's someone that, uh, you have lost or, or a loss or grief that you've been holding on to. When everyone else is all joyful and happy, yeah. it kind of mul- it can multiply. So it, it may not be for you, uh, but there may be somebody where that you know that you're like, man, that person. I feel like that could yeah. be something for it's them. It's just a sweet, quiet service. Last year, I thought I was there to as a service to other people, and in the middle of it uh, of our particularly where we just spend time uh, with the Lord, guided in a certain practice we do. Um, I realized this is for me processing my grief of slowly losing my father hmm. to Alzheimer's. It was, um, it was a, the Holy Spirit took me to a new place in my grief, and I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Well, without any further ado, uh, Mike, you promised this on Sunday. We're getting into it. Let's talk about some cheat codes. Okay, the first cheat marital cheat code. It is see it, say it. 
Uh, I didn't get to this in the sermon, and, and actually I'm going to do it differently than I would have because I, I knew I would have limited time. I, I did get to all of the most important things that I, I thought needed to be said Sunday. I've appreciated the responses. It's been a little overwhelming, honestly, receiving messages in various forms from people saying thank you for that. In our healthy marriage, we needed that content, and a number of people revealing the, uh, a, a really dire state in their marriage that, um, uh, and, and also thanking and, uh, and seeking for support. Um, so what I want to talk about here is I don't want to backtrack to, okay, when you're in conflict, here's how to do the thing. I had a couple more things to say about that, but I'll, I'll let that stand. I want to talk about regular time in your life, in your marriage. Regular time, just doing, st- doing. I'm trying to pronounce my ings better, Harrison, Instead when I doing? preach and teach. Instead of doing, so that like <laughs> for people who are like, hey, family members in Cupertino, California, here's a sermon from my pastor. And they're like, wow, Beverly Hillbillies. Um, hey, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Was, was the Bible. Read the Bible. So I'm trying to. So help me out here, okay? All right, I'll help you. Um, so when you are doing normal mm-hmm. things, the warp and woof of life, as I like to say, I want to talk about these two cheat codes that are offsets. You know, uh, <laughs> climate change discussions. Discussions. One of the things is around carbon. What is it? Carbon cost offsets. Mm-hmm. You can. You're going to pollute, but you pay some money over here to make up for it. And it makes it all better in the end. Like, that's that's one of the things that's out there. These are marital conflict offsets. Okay, these are two things that you're going to have marital conflict. And you may be like, and we're just not great at it. Or um, we're not terrible at it. We're not killing each other in it. But we're, we're, we're not great at it. And we might get better or we might not. Well, these are two offsets that you can... <laughs> in, in carbon offset language, you can purchase. You can purchase, and you do not have to wait on your spouse, uh, you, but you're going to have to spend something. You're going to have to spend emotional intentionality to do two things, these two things. And if you do them, I'm telling I am I am an infomercial today, Harrison, All right, because I'm feeling like 100% money-back guarantee on these things. If you do these... You, it will build, the asset that is your marriage will grow. The asset that is your spouse's view of you will grow. And the asset of your spouse's view of themselves will grow. Hmm. And the first one is see it, say it. Uh, will you read my theme verse for this? Sounds, this is uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I spoke in the sermon, and this was one of those lean-in moments, Harrison. You know, you experience this in, in your worship leading. I experience it teaching the Bible. Every now and then there's a moment where everybody gets perfectly still, and they lean in just a little bit. And the note-takers take extra notes. One of those moments was the the downside of this verse, which is not the opposite of the cheat code, which is the power of the tongue has power of death. Hmm. And when I spoke about um, we are conditioned by reality TV and other things and our own proclivities to excuse ourselves to sin against our spouse when we're in conflict and they come at it, they threaten us 
Or if they fight unfair, call me a name, sin against me by swearing, by any number of unfair fighting. We feel the that's a get out of jail free card. I can now sin, 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 sin. And I'm going to use, I'm using the word sin because I'm speaking to Christians today. It's an important category to own. It is sin to swear at your spouse. It is sin to call them a name. It is sin to harp on the past, which they nobody can go back and unsolve. So something they did in the past is unsolvable. That means you win. That's unfair fighting. To not focus on the episode in, in the moment that you're coming, etc. Other there's other unfighting things. That's the power of tongue for death. You you have just spoken some death into your spouse. Um, I'll just take the one swearing at your spouse because it's very common. People tell me their stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> when the door is closed in my office. It's very common. Many of us let ourselves go all the time. And that is, that is a little piece of death being deposited in your spouse to their self-image. It's a little bit of death into them of the state of the marriage. They're like, this is who we are. This is what we're creating together. So now back to the cheat code. I said I wasn't going to major on the moment of conflict. But the power of the tongue has life. Can you read that again? Yeah, sure. Proverbs 18 uh, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So, see it, say it. When you see something good, this is in regular time now, when you're doing-ing, <laughs> doing just the things of life. In your regular time, when you happen to just see for a moment, one of the top character qualities of your spouse exhibited toward their child or toward in their work when you see their excellence or competence evidenced through their work or hobby when you notice that little aspect of their facial profile that attracted you to them in the first place and you see it there that little curve or whatever it is a dimple or whatever when you see something positive about your spouse um, say it when you see it but don't say it you've spoken a little bit of life to yourself so number one this is an important self-discipline like use your tongue internally oh yeah I think she's beautiful oh yeah he's funny oh man, he's really good at his work Oh, I'm grateful for that paycheck. Look at that check that just got dropped in the account. Whatever that is. Look at, the, look at the way that he, she just navigated that moment with our three-year-old. Mm. Um, when you say it to yourself, when you think it, you, you've just spoken life to yourself about your marriage because one of the, an important way to cheat code your own self toward your spouse is to ruminate on good thoughts about them um, in ways that you keep your own esteem of your spouse. You keep a respect for them. You mm. keep a... Uh, that's good for your own self. That It's super important to say more good words to yourself about your spouse than bad ones. But when you say it, when you don't just see it, but you say it, the power that that is of life then your spouse, the second half of that verse, they will feed on it. First of all, your own spirit will feed on it. You'll think better about yourself because you are better. 
<laughs> that is the New Testament principles to be an encouragement, to build others up with your words. And you, you, we all intuitively know that when you catch your spouse in that moment and you go, wow, you're really good at what you do. That thing you just negotiated for the company you got them out of that ditch, I just, again, I admire that in you. Uh, and well, thank you for bringing home the bucks. Um, uh, the, the, that's life. In the, uh, I'm saying something that's kind of uh, it, do, Harrison. Do I need to like elaborate this, or is there a high get it factor? No, I think there's a high get it factor. You know the analogy that keeps popping. A high, in? A high get it factor. Get it. There's my hillbilly. A high, a high get, get it. it. Get it factor. Get it. A high get it factor. <laughs> Um, I, I, what I keep thinking of as you're talking, Mike, is it, it uh, and I've, this, this applies in a, a couple different areas as well. I think, I think in this context, especially a marriage is kind of like your, your marriage is a, is a car driving down the road and it's like, man, there's just times where you have to do stuff like this to put some more gas in the tank because it, if you, it, it's not going to run forever just on uh, you know, what has happened in the past. Like you have Mm -hmm. to actively be filling it. And that's what I just keep thinking of is that's, this is one great way to do that. So that when the, when, if the conflict comes and you try and navigate through it and you're, you're on fumes already, man, you're in trouble. Like you're, you're, you, there's nowhere, there's, you're not going to get anywhere good because you don't have any, there's no positive credit. You have no assets to spend. Exactly. Yeah, you're at a deficit. Philippians 4.8 supports this. Whatever is pure and lovely and admirable, that might be our mo- best word there. Hmm. Whatever is pure, lovely, and admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you think your husband or wife is pretty, handsome, beautiful, attractive, say it to yourself, say it to them. See it, say it. Often, if you think you're Say it often. If you think your spouse is honest, hardworking, creative, long-suffering, smart, intriguing, whatever, say it. First of all, see it. Philippians 4.8 is telling us to see it. Whatever's excellent, praiseworthy in your spouse, put that in that sentence because it's about all of life, but it's about these moments. The happiness of a marriage is the most core life happiness factor for all of us. Hmm. And so that when you invest here, you're investing with the highest possible return um, in life. And Philippians 4, 8 says, think about what's excellent, praiseworthy, uh, admirable in your spouse. So see it. So we're already commanded in Scripture to see it. Because if, you, if we discipline our mind to think about the good qualities of our spouse, and they're there, by the way. If you can't see them, you're in a deep hole. And if you can't see anything admirable about your spouse and, and other things are needed in that marriage. Yeah. But we've got to get our mind uh, and thank God for them. I sometimes thank God. When I see Angie reading the Bible in the morning, I'll go, I make myself see it and say, thank you, Lord, that I have a wife who's humble and submitting herself, herself. So first of all, if you say it in your mind, if you see it and say it in your mind, you'll be changed toward them. If you say it in words to your spouse, they will be changed toward you. Their heart will move toward you like, uh, will orient toward you like the moon to the earth. 
more powerfully. It's the it's a gravitational pull, Harrison, that they cannot resist. I promise you, Harrison, if you just don't let em- Emily listen to this episode. Okay. If yeah. if you just ten percent more of the time daily when you notice a certain way you're attracted to her or you like about her parenting. If only 10% more often and at least daily, you you increase 10% more times of saying, hey, babe, I just think you're really attractive in this. Or you're really great at that. I just, I'm so thankful for you. I, you now have 10% more. Number one, she thinks 10% better about herself. And it's better to be married to someone who thinks more accurately well about themselves yep. in the image of God. And number two, the next time y'all get to an argument, <laughs> you're in 10% better standing before it starts. So that's better for you. You could do this almost self-interested as a cheat code. Um, I promise you, 100% money back. You cannot go wrong seeing it, saying it. I think there's a principle of this too that we talked about a lot in the series we did. It stuck with me. Uh, glimpses of the kingdom that we did a couple of years back oh, and, yeah. and kind of the, I think there's like an underlying truth to this. There's probably some really great book by like Malcolm Gladwell or something that does this in one whole thing, but it feels true to me uh, as a semi original thing is that like you see what you're looking for a lot of the time in That's, life, right? Like if yes. you're, if I'm looking for an opportunity to see well positive things in, in some, social science. Yeah, you you you're looking for positivity, you're going to find it. If you're looking for man, my day sucks and the, tomorrow's probably going to be worse. Guess what? It probably is. <laughs> no mm-hmm. matter what no matter what mm-hmm. the other circumstances mm-hmm. are. So I love that part about this Mike, which is like when you talk about marriage being two people who are approaching saying how can I be less selfish as a key to success. Man, that's a big one is going like, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to, no matter what, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to look for positivity. I'm going to look for ways to encourage. I'm going to look for the good stuff because that's how it, that's how it gets good. And it's in obedience to the principles of scripture. If, if I, first of all, see it myself and I think on the things that are praiseworthy and admirable about my spouse, number one, that's grown, that has grown my expectation of who my spouse is to your point. Hmm. And number two, if I say it, Proverbs says that has words of life. Who has God charged me to give life to more than my spouse? I accepted that at, at my wedding vows. And so if, it's, if this is not a typical habit, for no, listen, none of us can say, yeah, I wasn't conditioned in my house growing up to really say encouraging things. That's just not me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The New Testament says, Think on the things that are praiseworthy about your spouse and then speak them to give life to them. And it's a cheat code. It'll go better for you. (laughs) All right. So learn. Make an appointment with me. me. I'll coach you. My spiritual gift is encouragement. This comes natural to me. Um, For other people, it doesn't. But this is a virtue that can be learned and practiced in the power of the Holy Spirit. So see it, say it. The second thing comes out of, uh, I, I, I almost based Sunday's sermon out of Song of Songs, which is a, the one, ex, well, it's, it's one extended picture of a married, married couple in the Bible. The Song of Songs is very famous for a lot about lovemaking in Scripture, and that's pretty interesting and always gets a, a lot of, uh, of nervous laughter in a sermon. But I didn't go with that passage very much. 
But there's a, a, a point in their love story in Song of Songs when uh, these pe- the, the, the husband is a king. He's got a lot of responsibilities. <coughs> the wife is a princess. She's got a lot of stuff. Um, they make a point, and I, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I forgot to pull up the chapter here. <coughs> they make a point to go away to a place outside of where they live for an overnight and do some stuff out in the country. Otherwise known as this principle, the first one is see it, say it. I'm going to call this one do fun stuff together. Again, the, not in the time of conflict. And, and you've, if you guys have been listening for long, you've heard me mention this principle before. Uh, but in the time of normal warp and woof and how you're looking ahead, you know what you're going to do? You're going to look ahead and you're going to put your children's soccer game on the calendar. Because every parent in suburbia will shame you. If you forget that stuff, if you're like, nah, not important. Little Johnny, we just didn't feel like taking him. We, we decided to do something else that day. You're going to put those things on the calendar. You're going to get them done. <clears throat> you're going to get work done. Will you prioritize doing fun things with your spouse that give both of you life together? Uh, that couple in Song of Songs did. They made they set aside the time, said, nope, not doing the, the business of the kingdom today. Uh, we're going away to a cool, fun place out in the country. Like, people haven't changed. That's what we like to, <laughs> us city folk like to do today in the mountains or the lake or somewhere. Um, and the, the principle here is that it, it's a cheat code in that, Again, the social sciences tell us and premarital counseling studies tell us that the most important out of the six factors in premarital counseling that we coach for, this research-based, I've told you all this before, the one of those six factors that is doubly predictive of marital longevity and happiness is doing fun things together that give you both life and doing it regularly. This is easy. This is fun. It just takes, you know what it usually takes is initiative from you, the spouse, uh, to, Harrison, thank you for bringing that back up from the sermon, to go, I'm going to be the one who puts off selfishness and who puts on things that are healthy for our marriage, and wow, a really hard one is to plan something cool and fun with my spouse. And and oftentimes when a, a couple looks at me with blank stares at what that might be for them, because they've slipped into the child-centered marriage. Hmm. Or they've slipped into the frenetic busyness of life. We're passive victims of that centered marriage. And and they will look at me with blank stares, and I'll go, well, what did, when you were dating, like, what was cool and fun? And they'll go, oh, we went to concerts together. Or th- there's always an immediate answer, and they both always agree. Never has there been a disagreement. Oh, no, we didn't. We like to do this other thing together. It's always, oh, yeah, and we like to hike together, didn't we? Oh, and we would just hang out and play Parcheesi um, in our pajamas. We just thought that was cool and fun. It, and I always, like, coach. <laughs> that's such a random example. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, me and Angie last night. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, and then I will, you know, if they'll let me, I'll just coach them like, and, and then this is where the classic date night once a week mm-hmm. for most people comes into play. For most of us, 
something that doesn't get on our calendar in a in a scheduled way um, doesn't happen that much. Um, and so I, I, Angie and I practiced the hard and fast date night off and on through our almost all of our marriage and the years that we slipped away from it. We let stuff become an excuse and we didn't prioritize fun times together. We're not good for our marriage. Mm. We're now as empty nesters. It is now a violation. Thursday night is our Friday. For the work that you and I do, Thursday night is Friday night. Every time when yeah. I, we, Angie and I, learned, yeah. by the way, you and Emily should do this. We've learned when I come home on Thursday evenings, we say happy Friday night to each other to get ourselves emo- so that we don't, we're not in the emotional space of er- the rest of the world, yeah. but our world. And right now, Harrison, it is it would be considered a violation if either of us come home on Thursday evening and have said, oh, by the way, I kind of planned to do this other thing tonight. No, that's our night. Yeah. Hmm. We have – now, I mean, we can work ahead and something comes up. But, yeah. Um, so doing fun stuff together, I'm sorry to teach such a hard truth. Uh, it's just so hard to obey the Lord Uh, and, and do what he made, what he decreed would make a marriage thrive. I'm really sorry about that. And it can be, you know, it can be done in little ways or big ways. And I, for, um, the, the thing I keep thinking of while you're talking is, uh, this summer, uh, I was given the great gift by our church of, of a sabbatical. Um, I've been, been here at Lake Forest for eight years plus now at this point. And, uh, there were so many good things about the sabbatical. There were great things that I, uh, that were related to what I do here and taking a a breath and a step back and some perspective. There were great stuff with my kids. The long, I, I am positive. The longest lasting positive benefit of my sabbatical Mm -hmm. was a trip away for three or four days that Emily and I took out to Denver, Colorado to just walk on beautiful mountain trails. There's not been maybe more than four or five days at a time since then. It's been four months since we went there and every four or five, six days in some way in a conversation, it'll come up just remembering like with a smile, like, Oh man, remember that one trail? Something will remind us of a place that we ate there or something that we did. And man, the talk about the positive credit, not only that, not only the, I mean, for us, it's kind of been actually a combination of both things. Cause it's kind of like we're remembering that finally and also like uh, speaking it out loud to each other and just continuing yeah. to just relive the joy of it. And each time you do, it just makes you smile a little bit, remembering a really awesome, fun experience you got to have together. It's just been so good. And we just like thinking about it. <laughs> you, know? uh, you lit up when you told me about that. <clears throat> When you returned, I'm Angie and I are hanging around a lot of people entering empty nesthood, and uh, it's a hot topic among couples our age. Of uh, it's it's become de facto. Not everybody gains this wisdom immediately. Either we have established hobbies and things we like to do together, and so our marriage is actually thriving in hmm. in empty nesthood, or Oh my goodness, we don't have that, and we are struggling to find it, and this worries us in empty nesthood. So this pays off later in life as well, and it feels hard, again, in our child-centered, child-worshipping culture, 
where uh, we put the children in the center of the home as opposed to, I think the biblical picture is, the child is a welcome addition to the home but is not the center of the home. The marriage is, mm-hmm. a Christ-centered marriage. And so putting the dollars and the time and the habituating your children to having a babysitter, I don't care much that they cry. You're paying that babysitter. I don't care. Pay them. Pay them a bonus. Even if, you had, if they never come back, get a different one next time. That's good for your children. You have got to do it. And I know some of you are, are chained to a spouse who just can't see this. And so I encourage you to take firm, yeah, firm loving leadership out of, I love you so much, baby. <laughs> I want to get you alone. Um, we yeah. tell our kids all the time, guys, when it's crazy, if we're getting ready to go out for a night or something, we're like, guys, I promise you, it is in all of your best interest for us to go and do this. <laughs> I promise yeah. you, it will, we... We will be happier. We will be better parents. Like everything trickles down out of this. So let us get out of here. Bye. See ya. We said that to our boys. They didn't believe us when they were in grade school and we spent our money on me and Angie going to Europe instead of the family going to Disney. Yeah. Um, And they still joke about that, but they get it. Yeah. And my adult sons have that packed back there in their brain. Um, Hey, those are our two cheat codes. See it. Say it. Do fun things together. You do the fun things together at at regular old times of life. And the assets that are available in the time of conflict are immense. It's the, st- it's the way to play the stock market for growth-oriented investment in your marriage. See it, say it. Do fun things together. Use the cheat codes, friends. It's going to be good. They work. You'll get to the better last level. I don't know. An analogy ran out on me, but it's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. Mike, thank you for that. Thank you, Harrison. We'll see you all. uh, We'll talk to you next week. All right. See you guys. No, we won't. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We'll be back after that. (laughs) See you guys.